0: It's just plain wrong that getting a good night's sleep is so hard. You know, sleep doesn't have to be this hard.
1: There is a faster way to get better sleep. Sleep Takeout gives you real practical sleep solutions and your questions answered.
0: I'm Dr. Bond and I'm a licensed psychologist.
1: And I'm Dr. Satuni and I'm a board certified sleep and pulmonary physician.
0: And we're here to talk to you about sleep advice without a pill.
1: This Sleep Takeout podcast is for information and entertainment purposes. This podcast is not intended as professional or legal advice.
0: Podcasts are not treatment. Sleep disorders and mental health conditions need to be individualized with the healthcare provider. Sleep Takeout is not a replacement for professional advice or recommendations.
1: So help your friends sleep better. Share the Sleep Takeout podcast with them and be sure to rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast app.
0: All right, welcome back, Sleep Nation. We are trying some musical chairs right now to see who sounds... Different.
1: we're not sure if it's the microphone or if it's our location so we're gonna just figure it out by yes. doing some chair swap
0: yeah we already tried swapping the mic okay ready okay set, ready, set go. go i feel like i'm playing chicken <laughs> like you know when you were like a teenager in a car i know you have a teen now driving which might be scary this feels so
1: weird sitting in this chair it does. even though i was here last time when i was recording a this few like a times ago perspective yeah
0: Wow, like I see the TV differently over here.
1: It's all this chair is also taller.
0: It is. I feel a little bit lower, but I feel like this, like the Michelle, look, when you're recording, you're a little more likely. Like, <laughs> like,
1: that is true. That is right? true. All okay. right. So we're gonna switch okay. back.
0: Switching so back. Okay, and we're back. Okay. So we're we'll back. see. So we'll we see wanna, what happens. Yeah, we'll just like.
1: I think it's fine. We'll yeah. just we'll just see how it goes.
0: Welcome back, Sleep Nation. You got to kind of hear our little mini experiment in the sound studio.
1: Yes. So it wouldn't have been even really funny if we were on YouTube at the time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because then you would actually see us. But I, you know what? Today, no one really wants to see me on YouTube. No. So one of my things that I'm doing in 2023 is I'm trying to be healthier for my eyes and like wear my glasses a little bit more. Um, And um, I really am not a big fan of my glasses. uh Not just the fact that they're
0: Do you not like how they look or you don't like how they feel? I just don't like
1: wearing glasses. I'm a Uh, big contact lens person and I I just don't like that. But I I do realize it is not healthy for your eyes. Yeah. And, um, you know, being obviously working a lot of hours and working late at night I just think that they need to breathe.
0: Yeah. So my like so I uh, I, I think I see better when I wear glasses. But Really? No, but yeah, I don't I do. Like because context my eyes hurt at the end of the day. When I glasses contacts.
1: make me feel like I'm sick or I'm tired and maybe that's because I don't wear them that much. Uh-huh. But even when I did a lot of hospital work and I wore them for like eye protection, like uh-huh. literal eye protection. Um, remember back when COVID, you could get it Uh from your eyes and so everybody Uh, was supposed to wear glasses. Right. Anyway. The face shields. Yeah. I, um, I just, I just, it makes me feel like it's a rainy day, tired, that I just want to close my eyes. The other superpower, I don't know if this happens to everybody, but if you want to write to me, you can. Uh, Superpowers, when you cut onions with contacts on, Uh your eyes don't water.
0: I have not tried this.
1: Okay. You should try it. It's a little experiment. because. It is literally a superpower when I'm cooking with my kids. Uh-huh. You know, we get to the cutting the onions. You know, <laughs> nobody really wants to cut, but, you know, kids want to use knives, and, and, you know, they're right, they're at that age that they can. Right. They get maybe two cuts in, and they're like, I can't. I can't do this anymore. And then I'm, I go over, I'm cutting it, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why, why are you not having any problems? So <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. My Speaking of cooking, I got a new air fryer.
1: Me too! And
0: it's life changing. I don't know, girl. It's life changing. So,
1: we got ours for Hanukkah this year, and it was like a family gift. It is definitely life changing.
0: Yeah, it is. What's your favorite
1: thing to put
0: in it? Well, so far, so fish actually cooks really well in it. I've
1: not done
0: fish. I have. I've been really surprised because, you know, fish is usually, I don't know, fish is kind of hit or miss. It can be like really nasty sometimes (laughs) if you don't like cook it right. But in the air fryer, What I found is that, like, you can actually do a really good job with a lot of it. And then it's quick.
1: Let me tell you it doesn't work well. What? Big potatoes. Like, sweet potatoes or baked potatoes, they cook a lot faster if you boil them.
0: Yeah. You might have to chop them into, like...
1: If you chop them and make them into, like, french fry-looking things, they're perfect. But if you make them as you know, the entire potato, it's right. not worth
0: it. I could see that. But you can microwave those too. Like or like maybe pre cook it in the microwave. You ever microwaved a potato before? Yes, yes. Yeah, like have you ever microwave
1: it? one and not put the holes in it? That is not yeah, so good. Not right. so then
0: good. That's right. That's kind of an exholic ex- but it's fascinating. Another like science experiment. So anyway, yes, air fryers are amazing. I was like, oh my God. Like my mom's had one for I don't know, forever. And then I was like, wow. This so crazy. as like
1: a vegetarian uh-huh. probably close to being vegan i just didn't think it was for me Mm. and then my kids did convince me like it could be for me and i was trying to not use the oven as much and particularly not have the kids use the oven right um the air fryer is huge i Mm -hmm. mean it's it cooks things very fast it's Mm -hmm. very helpful because you don't have to put all the extra stuff on it right um, but and it nice, roasts veggies really super quick, Super easy to clean.
0: Yeah, I do love that, too. So, course, when nice. did you
1: get, did you get, like, a fancy one?
0: No, mine was just, like, actually, full disclosure, mine was a hand-me-down from Mac. Like, he got a new one, and then okay. he's like, here, I'll give you mine. And I was like, okay, I'll take it.
1: So, we got ours and, on Black yeah. Friday sales, uh, but it's not a fancy one. Uh-huh. It's, uh, you know, I was looking at that Ninja, uh-huh. but it, it's just so big. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, so we got a 4 Do you have swollen. the ones that
0: can like cook a whole chicken or something in them, or like those? Yeah, I
1: don't know the whole vegetarian thing. Yeah. Not a whole. Ch- I could cook right, a whole right. cauliflower. So I'm just putting right, it in perspective. Right. I don't you know are. how big a chicken is. That's but. true.
0: Yeah, you could cook several cauliflower steaks. Have you had cauliflower steak? Love cauliflower steak. It's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I know. All right, well, we're coming up to Michelle's for cauliflower steaks in your air fryer. Like Absolutely. That but then, sounds you know what I was thinking
1: air fryers, even if it's in a work setting, I mean, how cool is that?
0: I know. That's like better than a microwave in some respects.
1: Yeah, I right. mean, I, I don't know if I can replace the microwave, but. I'm, you're not going to burn your house down with the air fryer.
0: No, you're not.
1: Um, and you're not going to usually burn your fingers with an air fryer. Mm. Uh, it does get, you know, pretty hot. But sure. I just like the cleanup. I thought it was right. really kind of nice and easy. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah. I also do wonder, like, the energy efficiency kind of of it. Like, you know, if you cook in your whole oven, I mean, that's like a big space and... It takes a while to preheat and then it heats and then it cooks. And well then... your
1: electric bill goes up, you know, just yeah. even the opening and closing.
0: Right. Um,
1: but I don't know, I, I don't think you can really bake that well. We did make cinnamon yeah. rolls and we made uh, donuts in okay. it. Yeah. And um, they did not turn out as well as I would have liked. They mm-hmm. weren't bad, but mm-hmm. they definitely cook faster.
0: Yeah. I will say impossible burgers are really good in the air fryer too.
1: Yeah, I've not I've so, not done that yet. Actually, yeah. Not, I haven't done the impossible burger. I have done little nuggets, Uh the veggie nuggets. Oh, yeah. So, what are we going to talk about today?
0: I'm not sure. I forgot. We had, I think we were going to review your insomnia magazine that you got.
1: I just want to talk about that. But uh, this kind of got me onto a good thing. Let's talk about um, eating before we go to bed.
0: Oh, yes. I think
1: we should do that. We did one about sleep eating. That's not what I want to talk about. What I really want to talk about is maybe like the physiology of mm-hmm. why it might not or why it might be right. beneficial to eat. So we can, we can talk about that camp. But mm-hmm. so one of the things that happens in many medical offices and maybe other businesses, I would assume like your car dealership, is there's the little handouts that are out and about. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that got dropped off in my office was something that said Insomnia on it. And it's a little magazine. How
0: appropriate.
1: It comes in a, you know, like a little like package. I just happened to just be looking in the lobby so someone obviously dropped it off without talking to me which again believe it or not is not uncommon that you know well, you a, have
0: people that just like drop things off and, yes they like drop and run
1: yes so drop and, and run again i'm in the oh, back wow. seeing patients a lot so maybe they've informed a staff person sure. that they did this um, but a lot of times it's unbranded information that a pharmaceutical company will do with kind of that that motive of maybe pay more attention to something And I'm assuming because sleep specialists aren't, you know, just like run of the mill, but these are being dropped off in primary care offices primarily with the intention of maybe um, engaging that patient to want to engage their provider to talk about a a subject. Mm -hmm. And when you think about something as, as really common, you know, they talk about one in three people will have insomnia. A lot of doctors get very nervous about talking about it. And they think it's opening up Pandora's box. If you ask somebody about sleep, you know, that just adds on 15, 20 minutes. And this is sure. one of the things that uh, we're really going to be doing kind of a deep dive when we talk to um, our providers and do some workshops mm-hmm. is, is it's really a very helpful thing to talk to them about. If they're having sleep difficulties, that's going to affect their blood sugar, their blood pressure, their mental health. Um, and it, you know, obviously it is something that they want you to ask them, but they may not talk about it. And if you are skirting the issue on talking about a sleep condition, then you're probably missing the general wellness of that patient. Mm-hmm. So, um, this is really interesting and we can take a picture and put it up on, um, the blog or on our, the Facebook page for Sleep Tampa Bay. The one that, that was coming out, well, that came out, that's sitting in the lobby, um, but it really touches on a lot of different subjects, and it touches the surface and says, "Scan
0: for more info."
1: Very, very nice. I don't know talking points.
0: Uh huh.
1: Um, we've talked about. I would. I would venture to say almost everything in our forty-plus episodes that we've done has talked about something that is in here. Yeah. And there was no bad or wrong information. Mm-hmm. I think they were all really just tip of the iceberg things. Sure. Um, so a couple episodes ago, we had talked about, um, you know, the temperature. We talked about what it means when you remember your dreams. And, and these are little subjects that get put in there. But people do want to know about. Sleep issues and people will always have some problem falling asleep or staying asleep at some point in their life. So, mm-hmm. anyway, not that we're really talking specifically about it, but in there is one of these subjects. And just talking about food in the air fryer, I think. Let's, yeah. just, let's just go like, deep dive on the right. List Are
0: there foods food. that help for sleep?
1: So remember that you use food to nourish your body right. so that you have to power energy. It. Okay. You need this energy, Mm -hmm. not only when you're awake, but you do need it to power some things when you're asleep. Mm -hmm. But really, the food energy that you take in through your mouth into your gut um, goes through a whole bunch of series of systems Mm -hmm. in order to be digestible and then be used by ourselves.
0: Although your digestion slows down. It does slow down, but
1: remember, that's where you can actually absorb more because Mm. your gut is slowing down. So you actually have more absorption, Uh but less gut transit. Um. And then you have more gut transit during the day, but less absorption. Mm. So have you noticed that you hardly ever, most people, unless there's a, a gastro type of problem, you never wake up in the middle of the night to poop? Have you noticed that? Yeah, no,
0: you have to wake up. So you
1: have to absorb, you know, at night, you actually are slowing things down to absorb it. Um, Uh, But during the day, that motility, not just your physical action of moving and having gravity move through your gut, but mm -hmm. you actually have things pass through and you you eliminate more waste during the day. Mm -hmm. But what people do if they eat too late at night, um, they still have food that goes from their mouth into their stomach. Mm -hmm. And the esophagus transit for healthy people is about 20 minutes Mm -hmm. maximum. And it could be hours if you have an abnormality. But it sits in your stomach for up to two hours being degraded oh. by that stomach acid. Right. And again, that's in a person that actually has stomach acid because mm-hmm. there's a pretty good amount of literature that's saying about a quarter to a third of people take an acid blocker.
0: Sure. Cause um, they have indigestion or something else.
1: Indigestion yeah. or for protection from like bleeding from their stomach. Yeah. So if you're eating within two to four hours, when you go to bed, you are obviously at risk for having stuff from your stomach refluxing up into your oh, wow. throat or your sinus cavity mm-hmm. or your lungs. And even if it's not acid full, it is not comfortable sure. and it doesn't belong up there. Right. But what you're actually sending that signal to your brain and to your other tissues is you just gave yourself some nourishment that mm-hmm. is going to power your body. Um, and sure. again, if you don't use up some of that, that food power, or that gas, mm-hmm. um, it has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people that eat tend to eat later tend to go to bed later. And there's nothing wrong with that because we don't want you refluxing. But if you're wondering why you can't fall asleep quickly, Mm. it may be because you just gave your body that signal that said, listen, I got all this energy to burn.
0: Sure. Well, and I think the other thing that's important to realize about food is that when you eat it, you do get like a, a dopamine release. Like there's a pleasure reaction that you get with food. So it makes sense why it's a pleasurable experience, but it just may not be something you want to do closer to your bedtime.
1: Yeah. Do you have any comment on when people say that when they eat they get tired?
0: Meaning that the food itself is what's making it kind of care.
1: like a comfortable soporific effect. Yeah,
0: I do. I, I would say I have had several clients where we've talked about the feeling of kind of being full, and that wanting, and again, that's another like a you know kind of both both part of like a, a dopamine kind of reaction to to stuff, but then also too like there's the sensation of like satiety and that some people really like that experience or that feeling and you've learned to associate that with maybe going to bed or maybe like winding down your day or something along those lines.
1: Yeah, there are foods mm-hmm. that are naturally sleep producing and mm-hmm. that is because they have um, proponents to them mm-hmm. that actually convert not just for from a dopamine perspective mm-hmm. but can actually contain some tryptophan which mm-hmm. is you know a component of the serotonin molecule mm-hmm. so to help relax. And we, you know, you hear about that the turkey dinner, right. you know, for Thanksgiving, but um,
0: I would say people t- I tuna hear... and bananas oh, have that uh, okay. as well. Okay. Um,
1: the milk has some products that also do yeah. that, so there is something to be said about the warm milk. Mm-hmm. But um, like you said, from a psychology perspective, mm-hmm. this is this is that learned behavior right. of that something that you're doing or taking in mm-hmm. is actually giving you that motivation for sleep.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. On the flip side, um, you know, as we know about glucose metabolism, mm-hmm. when you have a huge rush of, mm-hmm. of glucose that goes into your circulation, the next step is your body releases a bunch of insulin and mm-hmm. other, other factors. Sure. And then it drops your blood sugar. And right. that in itself can make people feel very sleepy and tired.
0: That's what I was going to highlight. The next thing would be like the sugar crash that usually comes from depending on what food it is. Like, but, yeah, that experience is also what I think gets a lot of people sleepy.
1: So one of the things that um, that really comes to mind when I talk about not even so much an emergency where we get concerned from a medical perspective mm-hmm. is this low blood sugar can be very dangerous. Right. So if somebody's waking up and they feel that hypoglycemic cold clammy and that, that drive to no matter what I got to do, I have to get something to eat. Mm-hmm. You really want to pay attention to that. And you really do want to give your body a little bit of, of food at that point, mm-hmm. because you cannot tolerate that crash in your blood sugar. Yeah. Um, now, if this is happening every day, though, it would be a really good incentive for you to make some changes mm-hmm. in that evening meal or that, the medication dosage so that yeah. you don't have this happen. Cause it's, it's a really good warning sign.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Fascinating stuff, Michelle. Yes.
1: So what, um, what, what would you advise people that do not have that feeling that their blood sugar is crashing, but just think that they need some food in the middle of the night to get them back to sleep?
0: Mm-hmm. I have, I would say this shows up for a couple of my clients when we talk about like nighttime eating. Um, but the same is true. It's, 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 so really, the question you have to get to is what is the food doing for you? Sometimes I've had clients tell me that they just do it because they're bored, so they wake up in the middle of the night and they're like, I'm wide awake, I don't like this experience, it doesn't feel pleasant to me, so I'd rather do something like eat food, which does feel pleasant to me. So of course it would make sense. Like I'm just gonna eat some food and maybe I'll feel a little bit better. Do you think
1: it's a pairing it with something else that they're doing, like television watching or reading, if they do that during the day?
0: It could be. I would say. It, I think it. I would say the answer is. I mean, it could be. Um, what I've seen most it's a often. Very
1: psychology answer.
0: Right. Right. That's me. never never very definitive. But I would say because here's another psychology response. Is also it really just depends too. Um, I've had some clients where they're just so used to waking up in the middle of the night that it's just become common habit, common routine for them. Um, and so even some of the the food choices that they make are much healthier. So much healthier things that are lower calorie, higher protein, or more vegetable types of things.
1: That's surprising but, to me. I wouldn't have thought about that. Mm-hmm.
0: But for those individuals, it's usually because they've been living with insomnia for decades, and so their nighttime awakenings have become almost like a habitualized like habit of... This is just what I do. Um, And usually they've also learned to start doing things in the middle of the night, too. So almost like a first sleep, second sleep, that whole, like, biphasic type of idea, Mm -hmm. Um, which is really still very unclear as to whether or not people actually do well or do worse with kind of, like, biphasic sleep. So
1: Yeah, I'm going to tell you after that other thing that you told me mm -hmm. and the little YouTube videos we watch, Uh again, this is someone trying to hack the system.
0: Right. (laughs) Um, exactly. Human
1: beings are not supposed to sleep in a biphasic mm-hmm. way. This was developed as part of the industrial revolution so right. that they could work more hours or mm-hmm. work two different jobs.
0: Right. Right. Which is, and same thing with like shift work. We, our bodies really don't ever adjust to shift work, even though there's this maybe idea or notion that there might be something the matter with you or, or work might, not like, might not like like you if you can't like do like the, the night work or the third shift or the graveyard shift, whichever one you want to call it. But the honest reality is that your body is never really going to adjust to that in a healthy way for you. But so the the, the, re, the key piece is learning just to live with it for right now. Um, and there are some tricks and, and tips you can do to maybe try to minimize some of the disruption that's going to come from it. But it's still going to have a pretty significant disruption.
1: Yeah, there's a concept about um, overnourishment and undernourishment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think as a society in America, uh, there's a lot more overnourishment happening. Mm-hmm but there's a i don't I don't want to call it a fad but maybe a uh, a philosophy of you know intermittent fasting mm-hmm. which really truly by the way intermittent fasting is how we are all supposed to sure. to work but That's because of our 24 hour 24 right. hour lives it just hasn't become that way mm-hmm. But um, intermittent fasting is is the reality of when you're sleeping for that mm-hmm. you know somewhere between eight to fifteen hours, you're not eating. Right. Um, it's the same thing about you know eating dinner at five or six in the in the evening and then not eating again till seven or eight in the morning. Yeah, um, which that, is great. That is is pretty typical. We don't have to call it intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. The problem with you know the late night drive throughs and you know right. is not only are we overnourishing ourselves is we're t- we're treating ourselves with the eating schedule that we almost have habituated. If we don't put something in our mouths every two to four hours that we're undernourishing ourselves, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really opposite.
0: Right. So, well, and there's even, we'll come back cause I want to, I'm going to have you watch something and then we can review it later. Um, have you watched the Liam Nielsen, not Liam Nielsen, Liam? No. Chris Helmsworth, God, I'm like confusing all the brothers. And Liam Nielsen, too. Chris Helmsworth did this special. It's on Disney+, Plus, but one of them he talks about not just intermittent fasting, but extended fasting, like three- and four-day fasting, and talking about some of the fascinating like things that can come up. I would love to get your opinions on it. So it was an interesting kind of a documentary. It was a National Geographic one.
1: Yeah. So. Um, yeah, you know, we get back to this point of, particularly whether it's sleep or just general health is our bodies are smarter than we give them credit for. Mm -hmm. And we sometimes overthink or overanalyze Mm -hmm. what it's supposed to do. And it's about repetition and it's about habituation Mm -hmm. that we get into these, these patterns. So recognition that something might be a pattern and, and making a concerted to change that pattern may be a really helpful you know, at least starting point.
0: Absolutely. It'd be a great place to start from that perspective of thinking about what changes you can make to be healthier. So,
1: yeah. Um, you know, so just more on kind of this, this personal level is when, um, when you identify that you are, you know, maybe have a a habit because you work later on one, one Mm -hmm. day, like, couple days of the week, I work later than others, or I might have a work meeting Mm -hmm. where there is dinner, you know, that's, that's the dinner involved. So I'd be going to bed a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Um, What I try and do personally is I try to rotate where that day I'll probably end up still going to bed around the same time because my work week still starts early, but Mm -hmm. I may not eat food for that back morning breakfast. But I have to plan that I'm going to have to get that nourishment before the like habituated lunch period. Yeah. Um, so it may be more of a, a snack type of situation rather than actually a, a breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people don't realize that, you know, that that hangry sensation mm-hmm. or the oversatiated sensation really can affect sleep more than you realize. Yeah.
0: Well, and actually there's some, some value to the fact that if you can, you know, push through some of those experiences, like how that can also be a different physiological thing that happens for your, your metabolism as well. So, Interesting stuff. Yeah. So. All right.
1: I think that will do that for this episode. I yeah. uh, just want to remind you that uh, March 25th, will be at uh, the Sand Key State Park in mm-hmm. just south of Clearwater Beach. That's mm-hmm. uh, a good opportunity for you to meet us, ask us questions. Um, and we have some more of that information on the Facebook page. So we'll put some more about that. But um, really come with an, an open mind and come with your questions and uh, it'd be really good to be able to meet people in person.
0: All right. Until next time, Sleep Nation.
1: Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Sleep Takeout. We hope that you found our discussion on sleep valuable.
0: Help your friends to sleep better. You can share the Sleep Takeout podcast with them and be sure to rate and review this episode on your favorite podcast app
1: remember Sleep Nation, sleep well,
0: dream big,
1: and wake up refreshed. Bye! Bye.